gates open, off and Stiley Sensory stayed in the gate. There's Bo Rogue being set alight immediately by Cyril Small and racing to the lead. But Bo Rogue won't give up, he's still in front. Groucho's grabbing him now. Groucho coming at Bo Rogue, don't play, getting a rails run. Bo Rogue in front, he's got a heart as big as himself. He'll win, Bo Rogue! This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and the High Gang Group. The Hawkesbury Race Club looks forward to presenting its popular standalone Saturday meeting on April 30th. The historic Clarendon course will host a bumper 10 race card, carrying $1.4 million in prize money and featuring four stakes races. The Group 3 Hawkesbury Cup, the Group 3 Hawkesbury Guineas, the Hawkesbury Crown for fillies and mares and the listed Gold Rush. The regular Tab Highway and Midway races will also be programmed. A quick glance at the Hawkesbury Cup honour roll reveals three dual winners in the last 30 years. Magic Road won the Cup in 95 and 96, huge demand in 99 and 2000, while Archidemus has won two of the last three. Two very distinguished Hawkesbury Cup winners in recent history were Quick Flick in 1997 and Referral in 98. Both horses went on to win the Group 1 George Ryder Stakes the following season. The 2015 winner, Sons of John, holds a special place in history. He's the horse to finish closer to Winks than any other horse during her 33-win sequence. The Gold Cup will highlight a cracker program at the Hawkesbury Race Club's standalone meeting Saturday, April 30. It's well documented that female jockey numbers around Australia have increased dramatically in recent years. In regional areas, it's not uncommon for equal numbers of males and females to ride at the same meeting. One prominent lady rider arrived at a Moree meeting one day not too long ago to find the female jockey's room jam-packed. She had to change in the outside corridor. One of the most in-demand girls in northern New South Wales is Brooke Stower, who covers a myriad of race meetings and maintains a healthy winning strike rate. Right now, she's in 15th spot on the New South Wales Premiership ladder with 57.5 winners, a stunning result in view of the fact that she missed the first full month of the season. Brooke has been back in action for just seven months after a full year on the sidelines getting over a vertebrae injury sustained in a freak accident at Grafton. One of two jockeys from a Queensland camp drafting family, Brooke rode her first winner at Cunnamulla almost nine years ago. Since then, she's travelled far and wide in honing her craft, earning the respect of owners and trainers along the way. In the last month alone, Brooke has ridden winners at Armadale, Tamworth, Mudgee, Musselbrook, Scone, Narrabri and Grafton. She made a rare appearance at Randwick on Saturday where she rode cracking Mo into third place in the Tab Highway. And I'm tipping she would have been tickle pink with the way the horse ran. Brooke's online to talk to us this morning. Brooke, uh, he gave a great kick. You led throughout and then he gave a terrific kick coming to the 200. Yeah, look, the horse tried his absolute heart out. He left it all on the track and, you know, he's had a checkered run going into that into that um, race there on Saturday. So I was just absolutely proud of him. And it was 
honestly the best feeling. The owners just made it even better. We we went into a photo with the stable mate, and oh, when when uh, our our number went up in the frame, geez, they give a good roar. So I honestly <laughs> felt like I'd won the race anyway. <laughs> oh, that's great. You haven't ridden a winner on a Sydney Metropolitan track as yet, but by the same token, you wouldn't have had more than six or seven rides, and you've ridden two or three placings. Yeah, look, I've been lucky enough to be offered, you know, some, you know, I've only had a handful of rides, if that, down there. So, but it's just good, you know, that's probably the biggest day I've rode on in Mm. Sydney, um, being Group 1, the All Age Stakes Day. So, yeah, it was, honestly, it's, it's a great opportunity. They're just... Yeah, it's a different league down there. Obviously, I've rode um, winners in Brisbane and and rode against good jockeys in Queensland. But, yeah, down in Sydney, they're just next level. Yeah. Just a little insight into the life of the modern-day country jockey. You left Randwick not long after the Tab Highway and you drove as far as Gulgong last night. I think you tried to get into Dubbo, but being Easter weekend, you couldn't find a bed in the place. So you stayed at Gulgong in readiness for today's Dubbo meeting, where you've got another busy day. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not, I'm very slack at booking accommodation. Um, my plans change a lot, um, so yeah, I was a little bit slow, but luckily enough, I was able to get in at Galgong, and it's actually a really nice place. I, I went for a walk early this morning, and yeah, it's I'm glad I actually stayed there. It was um it was very nice. So it's put me in. I'm at Dubbo, so it's it's put me in for a good day. Your manager, Nathan Daniels, does a terrific job to coordinate your rides because there must be days when you get offers for more than one meeting. Oh, poor Nathan. Honestly, I'd be I wouldn't be where I am today without him. He's I've had a few managers in my career and and um, you know, they haven't worked out, whereas Nathan and me have a great working relationship and we sort of just know I trust him so much and it's it's such a hard job. It's just, you know, you get kicks in the teeth and then you get you know, we're going really well at the moment. So we get multiple offers and, you know, sometimes we call the wrong rein, but 90% of the time, well, 99.9% of the time, Nathan Nathan always knows what to do and where to go. And, you know, and it's a good predicament. When he first started managing me three years ago, honestly, we were stoked to get one or two rides um, a meeting, you know, to, well, actually three years ago at Lightning Ridge, um, we were stuck. We went for three rides. I ended up winning the, the cup that year, but we were just stoked. And, you know, to progress to where we are today and to be able to pick and choose and, you know, be offered multiple rides at multiple different places is just honestly a dream come true. And we sort of just have to always, you know, come back to where we've come from. You know, you can get a bit too greedy at times and, Mm. and, um, yeah, we always reflect on where we've come and, you know, and how great of a position we're in now. You've been winning races all over the place in the last couple of months, including three straight on a horse called Primal Scream in the Derby Racing Colours. Brooke, it's hard to win three races on the trot anywhere. Oh, 100%, you know, and and thanks to Derby Racing and Cam Crockett for giving me the opportunity to ride such a little... He he just tries. There's not much of him, and honestly, the worst he plays up in the mountain yard and on the way to the gates, he's one of the hardest horses to sit on. Um, He belly rolls, and I tell you what, it gives me a good workout, and (laughs) and you know he's right when he he plays up. The worse he plays up, the better he goes. He's just honestly the biggest little tryer. He loves to win, and, you know, to be given an opportunity to ride a horse like that, you know... you ride them horses that are loaded with ability but just aren't interested, whereas this little horse, he, he just gives it his all. And, you know, win, lose or draw, you know he's right there always. 
Another Derby racing horse you've been on lately is Constant Flight, which was recently transferred from David Van Dyke to Cameron Crockett. You won on him at Musselbrook, and I believe you'll be retaining the ride in the Tamworth Cup next Friday. Yeah, look, I think he's in a very, very exciting horse. Um, I try, I was able to trial him and at Scone, and, and we knew he was above, you know, he was a nice horse then. I actually said to, to Nathan Daniels, like, I, I definitely want to try and stick with this horse. I think he goes really good. And I said to Cam, I really liked him. And, and Cam likes the horse as well. And to do what he did at Musselbrook on a track that he probably wasn't 100% comfortable in, um, he has a lot of improvement off that run, was um, was very promising. And, yeah, I'm very excited to be able to stick with him in the Tamworth Cup. It's going to be a very good race, I know. Um, I did hear some very good horses are coming up, but I just think he's a great horse in his own right. You just need a barrier. Fingers crossed a barrier, but, you know, I think he's got enough speed to overcome if we was to draw out. Um, he's a horse that you can ride forward or you can ride off the speed, and, and Cam will have him Terry right for this race. It's, it was sort of his goal. I know mm. I know that um, they were looking towards the Kosciuszko, but I don't think he's eligible this time round. So, mm. Um, yeah, so it's exciting. You know, he's had this in mind. And to be right there on, on a chance like him, I'm, I'm very excited. Tamworth has been your home base for about three years now. And you tell me it's the perfect location for a travelling jockey. You drive to all of these meetings, sometimes alone, sometimes in company. Yeah, look, it's a, it's been a great move for me. I've moved a couple times and, you know, this one I um, I sort of took at the time. I wasn't going real good in my career at this stage and, and I sort of, you know, there was a work riding position out there as well. So I sort of just took that and all the non-tabs were going out on that at that time before COVID. So I thought it was a great move anyway. But now I really, really am stoked that I did because, I can get to most places, whether that be over in Queensland. Mm. Um, you know, I can get to, you know, the Warren, Narrow uh, Mines, um, Dubbo's, Wellington, and then I can go over the coast of Port, Taree. Mm. Um, Ball- I can even get to Ballina within five and a half, six. So, you mm. know, Grafton, there's just, yeah, it's been been a great move and it's definitely a, such a central location. You know, five and a half hours, I'm in Brisbane. Um, so, yeah, it's been... You know, for the amount, if you're willing to travel and, and work hard, there's there's plenty of opportunities. Which trainers are you riding work for at Tamworth? Um, I ride for Craig Martin, um, Cody Morgan, Luke Morgan and Mel Dennett at the moment. Um, there was a mm. few work riders get hurt lately. So, um, yeah, it's been, been really good. It's probably the fittest and, and strongest I've, I've been in my career yet. So the regular track work is keeping your weight in check and probably improved your fitness levels. Definitely. Um, you know, it's it's as a girl, um, riding against uh, you know, the blokes, we're not as strong as, as a bloke and um that's mm. just, just how we've made up. But we if we're hundred and twenty percent fit we can definitely we we're just as good if not, you know, we're just as good as them. So, you know, that's that's the sort of thing we've got to do as as girls and if we wanna be, you know, competitive with the males, we've got to be, you know, fitter than them so we can sort of outpunch them in the finish. Mm. Well, you're currently in 15th spot on the New South Wales Jockeys Premiership ladder with 57.5, and I hope that number goes up after the Dubbo meeting today. You missed the first full month of the season. It's an extraordinary effort. And prior to that, you missed a full year getting over that vertebrae injury. But in the season before the accident, 
You rode 63 winners, which included a few in Queensland. You hit your straps very quickly when you came back last September with an early double at Grafton. And, Brooke, that technically was the most important double of your career. Yeah, it definitely was. You know, after burst fashioning my L3 and we'd had a great seat, you know, equaled our best ever season the season before. And, and in that, that month um, up until I got hurt, I was I – was, Flying, I was going really well. You know, I was looking to, I was on set to, on track to probably have a better, better season than the the one I'd previously had. And when I'd hit the ground and, and burst fractured my L three, and luckily I had had the expertise. You know, New South Wales Racing don't spare any expenses when it comes to you know getting us right and and having the right surgeon. So I was very lucky that I had Dr. Andrew Cree um, from Royal North Shore who who actually, you know, he could have been career-ending, to be honest. Anyone else probably would have operated, but he um, went back with a, a method that was used many years ago and it, and it worked. And, and you know, having that 12 months off really gave me a bit of time to, you know, rest and recharge and, and come back. And everyone was sort of doubting whether I, I was going to come back. You know, it was a pretty bad injury. I was lucky to be walking and, you know, everyone was sort of doubting that. And, and um, But I always knew, honestly, that I was going to come back better. So... To go back and, um, you know, I, I was able, you know, Craig and Cody um, helped me get back and mm. to get back on and that first double at Grafton, especially at Grafton where it all happened, um, mm. it was honestly the most important and from there it just put all the all the doubt out of everyone's mind and, mm. you know, I've kicked along. It's It's been honestly, I can't imagine, I couldn't imagine this could have a comeback to be honest. No, surreal. Definitely surreal, you yeah. know, and, and it's, you know, a week's a long time in racing, let alone 12 months. So, mm. you know, everyone was just so supportive of me and, and still is. And I've made some new connections as well this time around, um, mm. you know, and that's all down to my, you know, my amazing manager, Nathan, who, who mm. works his, his guts out to, you know, get mm. these. Mm. Brooke, just looking back on that freak accident, it was late in 2020. You were riding a first starter called Ambridge at Grafton. The strapper gave you a leg up and he actually passed a comment to you when you hit the saddle about the horse's good temperament. Yeah, um, it was actually Sammy McGurran and and she she's a great horsewoman in herself and I'd actually left, there was a double meeting on, so there was Tamworth and Grafton and I actually went to Grafton to ride this horse because there was a bit of a rap on him. They said, mm. um, the trainer sort of booked me and said, it, it'll be winning, you, you better come for this, so... So we did, and, and when Sammy had a lot to do with him, and she led me on and said, this will be the quietest ride you ride all day, and I thought to myself, <laughs> how good's that? How good? It, yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just the unpredictability of, of the horse, you know. It just was honestly just one of those things. He just flipped over, and I just landed wrong. He didn't even, didn't even flip over on me. I just landed wrong, and, yeah. you know, that, that from there I was in a bit of trouble. Well, at 1 o'clock the following morning, you were on an emergency flight to Sydney and the spinal unit at Royal North Shore Hospital, where the doctor you've mentioned, Dr Andrew Cree, became your designated orthopaedic surgeon. Uh, an L3 fracture with other complications. It compressed the actual spinal cord, didn't it? Yeah, it was. I, was, I, was, I didn't realise at the time how serious I was in. Um, 
I was lucky that my abdominal muscles went weak, so I wasn't able to actually get up. And it wasn't until I had scans at Grafton Hospital where I was told, don't move. Whatever you do, don't move. This is very serious. We need to get you somewhere, whether that's Brisbane or Sydney. And being COVID, it was just going to depend on where it could take me. But that's when New South Wales Racing stepped in and said, no, we're going we're gonna they sent the X rays, the scans through to um through to Dr. Cree and he said, No, I, I, I wanted to rule North Shore now. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, it was yeah, it was surreal at the time because I didn't feel once obviously when I hit the ground the pain was excruciating. Mm-hmm. Um but then it settled down and I just couldn't believe like yeah, how how bad it was. Like I was I was very, very close to never walking again. Um, it was right there at first. Thirty percent mm. of my vertebrae went into my, to my spinal, towards my spinal cord, and mm. it was yeah. They had to wait for a, for a couple of days to see whether it was surgery or not, or if I'd lost a little bit of feeling. I was lucky I never lost feeling. I think I would have mm. really freaked out if I did. But mm-hmm. um, I was able to. The swelling didn't go any further, so it wasn't going to cut my spinal cord off, which was just absolutely a great a great thing and it wasn't until I think it was three days later that's when Dr. Cree gave me the options and I said I don't want to operate let's try let's try this um laying flat for 11 days and and um a pillow behind my fracture to push it back onto the vertebrae um and that that day that that they put it didn't sound like much at the time um to put a pillow behind my back but Holy, I've never been in so much pain in my entire life. I actually mm. I actually prayed to God to take me. It was just too much pain. But mm. yeah, so I was I was just honestly extremely lucky. Very lucky. There was mm. multiple times that I could have moved my legs wrong and, and it would have been all over. Mm. Dr. Cree didn't mince his words when he told you that you could forget about horses for at least a year. He insisted on regular checkups. And you tell me he was very positive with you all the way through. That must have lifted your spirits. It was he was the best. Um, so obviously with COVID, my family couldn't be with me at the time. So I was all on my own in rural North Shore. And he honestly, he's actually his daughter about the same time had a bad accident off a show jumper, and hmm. and um, she'd done it, done a fair bit of damage to her neck and and whatnot. So I just felt honestly when he he said to me. He treated me like I was family. Like there was just no question. I felt so safe with him. Um, obviously, I, I didn't think it was going to be 12 months. So at the time, I was devastated. I thought it was my career over. Um, but he honestly assured me it would be it would be fine. And, and from there, he was oh, honestly at that time, he was just really, really great. And I couldn't have asked for anyone better to look after me and, and get me back to the onto the horse. Um, he made sure I was 100% right when I come back. He just honestly cared like I was family, and that's the difference. Yeah, my word. Just a quick mention of the two horses that gave you that memorable double at Grafton on your comeback. My boy Salito was the first one, trained by Sean Hendry. You'll never forget him. And then later in the day, you won on a horse called Cukes, trained by David Matson. As I said to you earlier, that was probably the most important double of your career. Now, Brooke Stower, you're a Toowoomba girl from a family of top camp drafting exponents. Uh, Mum and Dad, Anne-Marie and Scott, are both pretty good at the caper. So was your late grandfather, Michael Boyce, and I presume you gave it a good crack too in the early days. Yeah, look, I've, I've had a great horse, horse grounding. Um, my uncle, 
Michael Boyce Jr. was a really good jockey. Um, but we sort of never grew up too much. My my grandfather was honestly mad on racing. If we When we went out and visited him, which was once a week, he'd have the racing on, we'd watch it. Um, and yeah, so I've had a really good grounding with the whole, with the whole horse thing. Nothing could prepare you for race horses though. I don't think, um, mm. they're just a different breed in themselves, but yeah, my family are very successful at the camp drafting and I'm very proud of them all, of them all, my mm. auntie and uncles and, and whatnot. So yeah, it was, was interesting. I had, I haven't drafted for about 10 years. So, mm. um, but yeah, I won a few, few junior and juveniles back in the day and, yeah, it gives you a good base. It gives you a good understanding of horses when you come into this industry. You mentioned your uncle, Michael Bush Jr., who rode successfully on the Darling Downs before trying his luck in New Zealand. And while in New Zealand, he got to ride a budding champion called Rough Habit. He had two rides for two wins on this remarkable horse, a Group 2 and a Group 3, and that stroke of good luck gave your uncle lifetime bragging rights. Yeah, it sure did. And I'm very proud of, you know, what at the time, obviously, you know, looking back when we were younger and they were probably telling us that Mickey was a jockey and and whatnot. I always wanted to be a jockey. So, Mm. Um, but now look, now that I am in the game, his honestly, his achievements were amazing. And, you know, to sit on rough habit and and, and win what he did on him was, yeah, Mm. unbelievable. You spent the first two years of your apprenticeship with Tony Sears, who nowadays trains in partnership with his daughter Madison in Toowoomba, and Tony gave you many opportunities early on. He did, and he um, really grounded my career. I I was lucky. I think it only took me 18 months to outride my country and provincial provincial claim. Probably looking back on it, um, knowing nothing out of the racing game, I probably... You know, if I'd have known what I know now, I probably would have managed myself a little bit better. Um, you know, I just sort of was very green still at the provincials. And, you know, I just had a lot of luck. And, and Tony put me on a lot of very nice horses. Like, I was lucky enough to ride the Conspirator. I think I won eight on him. And, mm. you know, it gave me a good grounding as to ride a front runner. And, and Toowoomba's quite a tricky track to ride. You've got to know it. And, you know, it, it gave me a great start to my career. That's for sure. Mm. Surprisingly... Tony didn't supply your first winner. You were absolutely gobsmacked to get a phone call one day from a lady trainer at Cunnamulla. She wanted you to go all the way to Cunnamulla to ride a horse in a 950-metre maiden. Took you seven hours to get there. Yeah, at the time, Queenslanders are really, well, down our way, down at the Toowoomba way, they're very precious when it comes to travelling. They think the the hour and a half or two hours to Brisbane is a long way and, you know, the travelling to the Sunshine Coast, which is only about three hours on a Sunday is bad. So the seven-hour trip, I thought my throat was cut, to be honest. But, um, yeah, no, it was great. Honestly, 20 start made, I never won again. Um it, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, um, the gates opened and I blinked and I was at the front and, and the race had finished. And it was just a day I'll just never forget um, to ride. First ride, one winner. And I probably didn't appreciate it at the time either, not knowing anything about the game on how amazing that was going to be. And, yeah, Mr. Fireshoes, he'll, he'll, I'll definitely never forget him, that's for sure. After about two years, you grabbed an opportunity to transfer your papers to Rob Heathcote in town at the time he was training the remarkable horse Buffering, who won seven Group 1s 
and $7.3 million in prize money. You never got to sit on Buffering's back. No, I didn't. I had a little bit to do with him on the ground, and he was a cheeky, cheeky horse, that's for sure. He had a bit of life and a bit of spark about him. But to be involved with the stable like that when the horse, he actually went over in Dubai, and and we actually, you know, he, it was very, very rewarding and thrilling. Um, Rob mm. was great to us, you know. when he, After he won that, he took us out out for dinner and, and treat, and, you know, we had – yeah, it was excellent. It was a really good experience because he was – at the time, Rob had some really nice horses that I actually was able to sit on at track work, and mm. yeah, it was it was a great great thing to be down there with with horses like that. Mm. You rode twenty one winners while uh, with Rob Heathcote, and you look back on that time as a very important chapter in your career. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was it was a really big thrill, you know, to be riding at the metros and and to ride twenty one winners. To outride my three kilos um, was was a big big achievement in in my eyes. I, I'm very proud of that, um, and I, I can't thank you know Rob was great to work for as well. It, it was very enjoyable time, but I'm also a country girl, so I didn't really like being claustrophobic in the city. So mm. I um, yeah I was grateful for my time there, but yeah I, I, I prefer the country. <laughs> During that time, another trainer, Tom Burke gave you five rides on a horse called Rocky King. He finished up winning about $600,000 all up. You won one race on him on the sunny coast, and to this day, Brooke, you say he's the best horse you've ridden in a race, Rocky King. Wow, he was a massive, big, powerful horse. He He's a horse you just don't forget. When he runs time, he runs time, and... He was just the power out of the gates that day. Oh, I will just never forget. He was he was a very nice horse. And I was very lucky, you know, to be given the opportunity to ride Rocky King, um, you know, at that stage. And, yeah, it was a very, very big thrill to ride him. You finished your time with Stephen Lee at beautiful Ballina. And at one time there, you gave serious thought to making Ballina your home base. Yeah, look, I, I was I um I was very lucky. After I went to Heathcote, I um I went back to Toowoomba. I just couldn't handle the city life, and I went back to Toowoomba. And I was apprenticed to Mark Curry for a bit, who helped me out a lot. We um he treated me like his daughter. We fought like <laughs> daughter and 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 father. We had our good times and our bad times, but honestly, he he taught me that you know just to keep going. He he I just kept going and. And that's why I am where I am, I think, you know, without him pushing me and, and terrorising me a little bit. But honestly, he loved me to death and he still does. He <laughs> He's still a big part of my life. And, you know, then I, I went to Stephen Lee on loan. I just probably needed to get away from Toowoomba. I was going very bad. I was going diseased at the time. I think I, I didn't even – I think I, did, I only rode 10 minutes for the season then. Mm. And so I, I needed a change. And um, my ex-fiancé at the time, he actually – he was from that area, so – Stephen Lee gave me a bit of an opportunity to be there, and it was a good, it was a good, you know, coastal break from everything. It's a, it's a yeah. lovely place, Ballina. It, um, you know, rains a lot there, and it, it was, it was a good opportunity to see what they do. You know, Stephen Lee did. I've been mm. lucky to work for a few different trainers, and everyone trains different. And, mm. You know, he gave me a few opportunities in Brisbane as well. I rode some nice horses in Brisbane for him as well. So. And then at the time, um, I just, yeah, Ballina just wasn't for me. I wasn't able to get too many rides. I kept going back to Queensland and riding at the non-tabs. I just, 
Mm. Couldn't get into the, the New South Wales scene down here and that's when I decided to move again. Brooke, I'll get you to stand by there for a moment. We're going to clear a commitment on the podcast and we'll come back with you after this. Mitovite has been producing high-quality feeds and supplements for all walks of equine life for almost 40 years. Mitovite has become a household name in racing and breeding circles with products like Athlete, Formula 3 and Breeder, time-tested products in the breeding barn and on the racetrack. 26 thoroughbred Group 1 winners this season have been on a Mitovite feeding regime. From humble beginnings on the New South Wales Central Coast, Mitovite has become a world leader in equine nutrition. Infrastructure investment in the production mill and close attention to nutritional science keeps Mitovite at a standard of excellence developed over four decades. Check the website mitovite.com or follow the Mitovite Racing and Breeding Facebook page. The Mitovite brand has earned the respect of horse people all over the world. You have a great rapport with a number of country trainers, none more so than Peter Sinclair at Moree. Now, he told me about his first approach to you some years ago. He said he had runners at a once-a-year meeting at Mungandai and he couldn't find a suitable jockey for love nor money. He said he rang you at Toowoomba and you said, OK, I'll drive to Mungandai. You turned up, one of those horses won and a great partnership began. Yeah, look, it was a it was a really good good you know really good opportunity to ride at them non tabs. It's a fun day and there's always a big crowd. It's a good vibe. It's a it's a really good day. So when Pete said he was struggling for a rider out there, I, I grabbed it with both hands. I think Pete's a great trainer, and I was able to you know ride. A, I think yeah, I rode winners for him. I actually my highlight was they had um, there was a horse that had I love mini dashians I got two mini dashians and there was a um, a horse with the mini dashian colours road to nowhere so to get yeah it was a really good day and, and then from there just you know I did him a favour he felt like and and from there he, he gave me a great great opportunity and I I took it with both hands and mm. we end up having a great partnership. Mm. Well, Peter had two great days on his home track at Moree. About three years ago, he won five races in one day and then a few weeks later, he won four in a day. Total of nine, you rode seven of them. Yeah, they were unreal, them days. Um, to get, you know, it, it to ride, it, it was my career, one of my career highlights too, to ride four in a day and to do it for, for Pete Sinclair and his amazing, amazing team, you know, Amy's, his foreman just works so hard and they just love the horses. And to be able to be a part of that success at the time was was just amazing. You know, they they were great to me. Yep. The biggest thrill on a Peter Sinclair-trained horse, of course, was Upstart in the 2019 Moree Cup, which, as we speak, is probably your best win. Yeah, definitely my best win. I love that horse. Um, he, he honestly was oh, – you wouldn't believe it. He trialled at Mungandai. And um, the day it was interesting because yeah we didn't think it was too much of a too much of a trial and then I trialed him again at I think it was Crindai and he went terrible and um, I sort of said to Pete geez I don't know where this horse is going to go and and when I rode him the first win was just amazing and to be able to team up with him and go through with him to the Moree Cup in in 2019 and you know for Pete Sinclair was such a big supporter and 
you know, the owners as well, Bob Cameron and, and the crew, they really supported me as well. And the horse just, honestly, I just clicked with him and mm. he gave me his all every time, whether that was we only just won by a nostril one day at Gunnedah and yeah. didn't matter what weight he carried, he, he just tried his guts out. So to get mm. the Maury Cup win for Pete also meant a lot. It, the, you know, home, home track cups are always a big deal. And, and for me at the time, it was, yeah, it was great. About one month after making your comeback in September of last year, you had a harmless tumble when you clipped the heels of another runner in a race at Scone. I can't begin to imagine what was flashing through your mind when you were heading for the deck again. Your first thought must have been for that newly repaired vertebrae. Honestly, I was lucky because I knew that Dr. Cree would not pass me unless I was 100% right. He said, this happened at 100%. If you were to have the same accident again and it was only 80, he said it would cut your spinal cord off. So he made sure I was 100%. So when I got back on that first horse at track work, I was I, I never had it in the back of my mind at all. And I was actually, the <laughs> first two weeks back at track work, I was riding a uh, two-year-old breeze up horse and he actually had a bit of a <laughs> didn't like picking his feet up too much and he and he tripped and and fell and oh. I hit the ground then so I um and it didn't hurt then so I knew I was right and that day oh I think I think mum mum definitely had it mum and dad definitely had a heart attack um <laughs> I've always said to them don't do anything drastic I'll always I'll always contact you and it was good that <laughs> that Sky Racing actually you know, showed him walking me walking away from it. But mm. to me, honestly, I never was in never was in doubt. My back never ever crossed my mind. I actually got the the wind knocked clean out of me. I've never been so winded in my life. I <laughs> I um I had to <laughs> I had to calm myself down and and sort of get them breaths back. But yeah, I, I put it all down to Doctor Cree. You know, anyone else mm. probably would have passed me at eight months, and and then you know if I'd had that fall, we'd we'd probably be might have been in a different circumstance you know it was quite a heavy it wasn't a bad one but I just hit the ground pretty pretty hard which as you do when you're going at that speed and it wasn't anyone's fault I just was going for a gap on a young horse and as I was getting to the gap it, it closed and, and the young horse just didn't know how to come back and instead just run through the bridle and, and clipped a heel and and he's actually gone on to win a race as well so it was it was good it was a good result all around. Mm. As you were growing up in Toowoomba you followed the races pretty closely all around Australia and you formed an attachment for a brilliant Sydney jockey who became your first role model. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. Um, you know, at, we're lucky to the girls have some amazing role models and Cathy O'Hara is definitely mine and it's an absolute buzz to be, you know, able to talk to her at the races now and ride against her. She's just... Honestly, the the pinnacle of, of, of women's racing, I think. She's she's done a lot for, for girls down in Sydney at for our era, that's of course. And mm-hmm. to be it's I pinch myself to be in this situation I'm in now and, and to be able you know, I turned up to Canterbury the other day and had a conversation and I rode I was able to ride Commando Hunt in the Colt Tamworth um, Country Championship qualifier and, mm-hmm. and she'd rode him previously, so we had a good chat about him and yeah, I just can't believe I'm in this position I'm in. Mm, you jumped the gun there, mate. I was talking about the famous male jockey in Sydney. Oh, yes, yes, Beedman. Beedman. <laughs> D. Beedman. Yes. Yeah, he was honestly growing up. 
every time Pa flicked the TV on Sky Racing, he he was there. And I actually got to meet him. I um I got an apprentice award in Brisbane um, one time. I forget what it was for, but it was for the country. And I actually got to meet him and got a photo with him. And yeah, he he honestly yeah he was he was great for racing and and still is. You know, he's heavily involved with you know the powerful stables he is. So mm. yeah, it was. Honestly, it's great to be, you know, in Sydney these days and, and to get a ride on, on Group 1 day and to be there, as I've always wanted to. I've, I've watched Sydney racing forever. Darren Biedman, of course, uh, had to call quits on his great career in 2012 as a result of those injuries sustained in a Hong Kong barrier trial. You wouldn't believe it. But not before he'd ridden 85 Group 1 winners not before he'd ridden some of the greatest horses of the era, including Octagonal, Lonro, Saintly. Uh, have you ever made yourself known to Darren? Um, yeah, I met him the once. Um, no. I sort of don't get to see him too much down here. Um, he's, he's pretty busy, but every time I have sort of seen him, he's always said hello. So it's um, it's a buzz to be rubbing shoulders with your idols, I tell you. I'm, mm. I'm very, you know, very blessed to, to be able to do it. Mm. There's another very popular and prominent female jockey uh, for whom you've had special admiration and she's having a wonderful season right at the moment, Winona Coston. Yeah, she to me was like, at, I was an apprentice at the time and to do what she did as an apprentice, oh, I was just in total awe of her. And um, same sort of thing, I get to rub shoulders with her regularly now and, and you know, talk to her and and she, she's a great jockey in her own right. She's very strong. Um, she makes the right decisions. She, you know, she rides for the, you know, the powerful Gay Waterhouse and Adrian mm. Bott stable. She's, you know, she's sassy, but she's a great person. So, you know, and to be able to watch her growing up and, you know, growing in my own riding and want to be her and, and to be right beside her now is, yeah, mind-blowing. Mm. You're pretty comfortable currently at 54.5, 55 kilos. Yeah, look, well, obviously the minimum in um, country is 55. So I don't, you know, I ride a few top weights too and I don't like to put too much, you know, lead and weigh them down too much. So I like to sort of be on the limit, you know, the minimum limit so that, you know, the top weights aren't carrying too much dead weight. And, you know, if they're carrying too much dead weight, you know, trainers are un- less likely to put you on, put you on them. It's just... You know, you're better off being more balanced on them and having that little bit less on them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. I, I'm able to do ride both the minimum and the top weights. You know, at, at you know comfortably. You're just 28 years old, and you're really starting to blossom as a professional race rider. Are you in the mould of, say, a Robert Thompson or a Greg Ryan, who were both happy to stay in the bush, despite having offers to move to town on occasions? I love the I love the country. I'd like to be able to break into the provincials, um, and I'd definitely, obviously, like to ride a metro winner here and there. A Sydney metro winner that'd just be just the absolute highlight of my career, you know. But I actually I love the country. It's I feel like getting out of Sydney yesterday was a big relief. I tell you, I just can't be too confined in in all them walls. It's yeah, it's a wild lifestyle they live down there, and you know, obviously, it's for some, but. Yeah. I'm a country girl at heart and I love big open spaces and, you know, I like I like the country racing itself. It's everyone's a big big community, you know. It's um you know, Brett Thompson, you know, Maria, 
Marina had, you know, lost her life there not long ago. And it was honestly beautiful when Brett come to the races and everyone was just around him, you know, supporting him and being there for him. We're a real tight-knit community, the country one. So Mm. I like it. I like the values out here. And, yeah, I just feel, feel comfortable. You've got more than three months of the season remaining and you're nudging 60 wins on the New South Wales Premiership ladder. And that's after missing the first month of the season. It's quite amazing. And I think you mentioned earlier that uh, you're having trouble getting your head around it. Oh, I definitely am. Like, um, obviously coming off, we had 12, the season before I got hurt, we had, you know, equaled 63 winners and we were stoked with that. And and then to, you know, have 12 months off and then come back and, and miss a month already and, me and Nathan, we always set, you know, goals at the at the start of the season and we sort of said, look, you know, good goal would be 50, wouldn't it? You know, if we can ride 50 winners this season, we'd be absolutely stoked. And I was able to get to that at Narrabri there the other day and I tell you what, I just – it's been a great, great comeback and who would have – I couldn't have never have imagined it be this good um, and neither, you know, that's all come down to Nathan and his hard work and, you know, the all the trainers that are willing to support me and all the owners and, you know, I just, I have a great team behind me, all my family, you know, when I had time off, I went up to Monto, my sister actually lives up there and, mm. you know, I, I, I got to spend time with my family and, and they really built me up and, and that's why I'm able to come back and be as good as I am right now. It's, you know, teamwork makes the dream work, and, and without everyone behind me, I wouldn't be the person I am, that's for sure. Mm. Good to hear, uh, hear the name of that little Queensland town mentioned again, Monto. That, of course, was the home of the late, great Ken Russell, an outstanding jockey in his own right who made the move from um, from Monto, Fangool and places like that to Rockhampton, then to the Gold Coast and eventually to Sydney, where he rode several Group 1 winners, making a million friends along the way. Ken lost his life in a race in the early 1990s at Rose Hill. Yeah, Monto's still very proud of him. Don't worry. I um, They're very, very proud. When they when I said I was a jockey out there, they yep, they, they said, well, Ken Russell, that, that's, a, that's the town the town person. So, um, yeah, they're very proud of him still up there, which was really nice to see. But it's a, it's a great little town. I just had had the best time and you know it's only a small town and but yeah it's honestly I I loved it up there. Mm. I went to a race meeting there one day some years ago at a little place called Thangool Brook and you've probably ridden there. No I actually missed it when I was up there I don't know how I did but yeah I've never rode at Thangool. Well I got to call a race that day one race in a rickety old broadcasting box with a galvanised iron roof. It was as hot as hell under the galvanised <laughs> iron. And I'm very proud to say that on my CV, you'll find a little entry there called One Race at Thangool. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's great country racing up there. It's They get big crowds. It's just a great day out. May I close our interview by relating something that Peter Sinclair said to me about you? a couple of years ago. I'll tell you what he said. She's very professional and she's very reliable. She doesn't care what price they are. She just goes out there and does her best to give them every opportunity. I hope I've embarrassed you, Brooke, because that's what I set out to do. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
Oh, Pete, he, he, I tell you what, he, he, he's, a, he's a nice man, isn't he? Those are nice words. It's funny, you know, you, you can go out there on a $50 shot or a 66 to 1 shot, and as Peter said, you ride them, you, you give them the best possible opportunity. Coming to the turn, you're running third or fourth on one of those long price ones, and you think, hey, this is going all right. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. you straighten up and they go into reverse gear. Yeah, no, but they don't know. That's the that's the beauty about racing. The old racehorse doesn't know their price, so you just never know. If you give them every opportunity, I actually had a had a really good. Actually, Shane Cullen, who was a who was a steward here at Tamworth, said the goal isn't to ride winners, Brooke. The goal is to get your horse into the best position to run its best race, and I think that's the aim of it, isn't it? Like, if they win, they win. But if you give them every opportunity and they don't, but they try their best, I think that's all we can ask. I think Shane Cullen has retired now from the stewarding ranks in New South Wales, but he left you there with a lesson in life, didn't he? He did. It was one of, a very valuable one. You know, we always go out, we want winners, we want winners. You know, that is the aim of the game, but at the end of the day, not every horse has the ability to win its race. You're a great girl, Brooke. Your comeback has been something you can be very, very proud of, and I'm very proud of the fact that we've been able to sit you down long enough to record this interview for our podcast on a Sunday morning before Dubbo races. Good luck today, and uh, you've got three months of the season to go. I hope there are many more winners to come. Thanks so much, John. It's, a, it's been an honour to, you know, to talk with you. I think this is amazing. My old, my old late grandfather would just be so proud that I actually got to, got to speak to you. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you very much, Brooke, for joining us on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound. Trainers strive to have horses spot on for race day. Fuel cells up, the right mental state, the right fitness levels. Equally important is the horse's capacity to recover quickly from racing and track work. The aim is to give owners every opportunity to win optimum prize money by keeping a horse in training for as long as possible. High Gain Recuperate is a powerful blend of electrolytes, B-group vitamins and vitamin E in paste form which can be administered after fast work and in the days leading up to a race to assist recovery. 30ml of Recuperate drawn from the 500ml bulk pack is the economical alternative to individual electrolyte and vitamin paste syringes. High Gain Recuperate powers performance and recovery. Visit the High Gain website and use promo code johntap.racing to receive 15% off your next Recuperate purchase.